Available now, Crimson Trace introduces their instinctive rear-activation G4 laser sights. These new models fit most Gen 4 frames. From subcompact to full-size, they enhance Glock's streamlined fit and easy holstering. CrimsonTrace.com. Confidence you can see. something in basic black like an AR-15 some things never go out of style like Tom Gresham's Gun Talk and welcome back to Gun Talk I'm Tom Gresham our number is 866-825-5486 a lot of things on our plate we've got a lot of callers lined up you're just going to have to take a couple of minutes because we have something we need to talk about here i also got something I need to talk to the folks in Louisiana there's a constitutional amendment coming up uh, SB 303, and a lot of people, for, for whatever reason, I don't get it. I mean, this is a good measure. This is a good bill. And we got some gun folks in Louisiana going, oh, no, 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 you got to vote against this. This is bad. Really? It's amazing how people in our gun world often can get so twisted around the axle that they lose sight of reality. They, and I run into it all the time. I get I talk to people and say, you know, well, I, uh, I'm i a gun owner, but I'm a hunter, but I like guns, but then, of course, you always know where the but is coming. You, know, you go, okay, where are we going with this? But I don't see why anybody needs blah, 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 blah. Yeah, okay, right, got it. Okay, here we go again. Been Look, we've been down this road for, well, for as long as I've been messing around with guns, which is a long, long time. Well, we just had another instance of that pop up, and it's kind of a, a, for those old enough to remember now, a Zumbo moment where Jim Zumbo made a statement, and it just rocketed around the Internet, and his comments were about uh, so-called assault weapons. Well, it popped up again, and uh, joining us to talk about what just happened, and it really happened over the course of just less than a week. Rob Pincus is one of the uh, top firearms instructors in the country, and I guess Rob and I did our first TV together at the, the very first show on the uh, Personal Defense TV show. Hey, Rob, how you doing, man? Hey, man. It's been a while since we talked. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great. I am great. This was in this new magazine uh, called Recoil, which is a, a good-looking magazine. It's a good magazine. Explain what was said and what the context was, if you would. Yeah, it's a, magazine and, and I think that's one of the reasons that, that things got so uh, got around so fast and why there was such swift um, response from the firearms industry this weekend when the uh, now former editor of Recoil magazine uh, wrote an article uh, about the uh, MP7 uh, a, a very specialized uh, submachine gun uh, select fire weapon uh, developed by H&K, produced for military and law enforcement, private security forces. He made the comment um, in his words, in his article, that it was a good thing that this technology wasn't available, and of course I'm paraphrasing, good Mm -hmm. thing that this technology wasn't available uh, to civilians because it obviously had no sporting purpose. And as you just said in your introduction to to this uh, conversation, we've been down that road, and and we really thought, uh, at least I I I had hoped, and I think a lot of people had hoped, that we had finally come out from under uh, anyone who was seen as a leader in this industry uh, having that type of a conversation where, you know, some guns are okay for civilians, but some guns aren't. Some activities with guns are okay, some activities aren't. 
Um, and that sporting purpose word got a lot of people riled up. Well, exactly. And for those, to, to put it in a different context, if you are an African-American, the term separate but equal is code, and it just makes the hackle stand up on the back of your neck. For gun guys, the term sporting purpose does the same thing, because we know that what that is is saying, look, you know that the only reason you have guns is for hunting, and self-defense is not a legitimate reason for having a gun. And so we will tell you which guns are okay and which guns are not okay. So for you and for me, Rob, when we are sporting purpose, I mean, it's like, you know, somebody kicking in the door. We, we're jumping up and going, where's the fight? Right. And that's exactly what happened. So I think, and actually it was, it was funny. I had by, this happened on a, this came to a head over the weekend. And on Sunday is when it really started getting around the internet. I had written an essay that got forward and shared and reposted and guest blogged and got all over the internet. And by Tuesday, um, you know, people thought I had an axe to grind with this guy or with the magazine for some reason. I said, look, you know, my axe to grind is, is over 15 years in the industry. Uh, I remember when there was leadership that was saying things like magazine bans weren't so bad. I remember when there was leadership that was really just talking about the American tradition of hunting or recreational uh, use of firearms. And, and we're almost ashamed to admit that the primary reason people have firearms in the United States of America today is personal defense, home defense, or in the worst case scenario, constitutionally, defense of our country. Um, so when that came up, you know, that's really what it became about, especially because, as, as you indicated, it's a good-looking magazine, and the primary purchaser of that magazine is in his 20s. It's probably not the guy that, that you know, went through that fight in the, in the 90s with the assault weapons right. ban. It's probably not right. the guy who was around in the 80s hearing about the hunting tradition uh, justifying the ownership of firearms. So it's a, it's a new gun owner, someone new to the environment, uh, the new firearms enthusiast who really needs to be hearing a strong and clear message that there is no necessity for a sporting purpose for us to own any given firearm. You know, and then this comes, of course, on the heels of the uh, the Heller decision, the McDonald decision in the Supreme Court, where they said very clearly that the Second Amendment is not about hunting. It's not about sporting use. It is about self-defense and about the defense of our country. That is defense against our government. Understand the country and government are two different things. Uh, and so... We at this point, you and I and a lot of gun owners are thinking, wait a minute, we've taken care of this. And for somebody to say, well, you shouldn't be able to own a gun if it doesn't have a sporting purpose. Well, that's what we just went through all these battles for. And so take us forward to then the editor doubled down, didn't he? He came back and, and basically reinforced his argument. Yeah, unfortunately, and, and, you know, I, I, uh, I know a few people who know, uh, uh, Mr. Sai, Jerry Sai was the, the former editor, um, and, and they have all indicated to me that, that he realizes now how big a guffaw, you know, the article was, was what it was. He was naive. He, he doesn't know the history. He'll, he'll apparently admit that he's, he's pretty new to the gun scene and really wasn't aware of the sensitivity to that issue. Um, mm-hmm. maybe in, in over his head a little bit on that topic. Um, there's some indication that he was getting, you know, some bad information from people he was talking to. Either way, it was when he came out and tried to justify the position, um, basically, you know, a play right out of Sarah Brady's handbook, uh, saying that if a gun like that posed, because a gun like that poses a threat to police officers, um, you know, he hopes people understand his position because, you know, any, any firearm that can penetrate body armor at a couple hundred yards obviously could be dangerous if it got into the wrong hands. Um, you know, oh, and that, that's really, I think, when the tide turns to it being, okay, this is more than just a slip. This is somebody who really is in over his head 
in regard to uh, the history of the Second Amendment fight, you know, in the last few decades at least. And so uh, late in the week, he ended up resigning, didn't he? He did. You know, so now the question is, um, and, and people may, well, gee, you know, okay, the guy resigned, let's move on. You know, of course, now the question is, who's gonna, who is going to lead Roy Coyle Magazine? And why I think that's important, and why I think it should be someone who is known to the shooting industry, who's been around the shooting industry, but also I'm sensitive to the idea that it, it, can't, it has to be someone who understands the, the format, the look, who likes the idea of a, of a newer, fresher approach to, to print gun media, to appeal to you know, younger guys who are probably reading magazines like Maxim and Wired and, and not uh, you know, some of the more traditional publications that you and I uh, probably still reach to. Uh, that person really needs to be somebody that, that I think is known to the industry and not someone who um, you know, just sort of moved up in the ranks, whoever the second-in-command was, moves up to take that position and, and ends up maybe uh, ending up in the same position. You know, a lot of trust has been, uh, has been lost and a lot of faith has been lost, and I think a lot of people kind of lost hope for that magazine being able to effectively reach the 20-something. So, you know, personally, uh, obviously my, my uh, voice and my interest is that they figure it out, um, that they do get somebody in there who's, really capable of leading that machine because I think it's an incredibly important demographic for us. You know, I, I can remember when, uh, you know, I was considered one of the, the, the new young guys in the industry, and uh, and I was hearing a lot of things from the establishment that wasn't really resonating with me. Um, and I'm mm-hmm. sure now I say things that, you know, a 22-year-old guy <laughs> who's getting into guns, I'd probably say something that he thinks is old news, and he wants to hear a newer, fresher voice presented in a newer way. And, and I'm, I'm anxious to see who they find to uh, to be that voice and to lead that uh that magazine into the future. I think it's a very important magazine to us, or at least an important approach to our indi- from our industry. Absolutely. We'll keep an eye on that. Rob, thanks for uh, relaying that. Thanks for jumping on top of this thing, because it was one of those where you're thinking, oh, man, we're going down this road again. But it happened real fast, and it happened on the Internet. Rob Pincus, uh, you, I tell you what, you can Google him up, find out what he said. Always a pleasure to chat with you, Rob, and listen. Uh, I know you're in the middle of a class. <laughs> you got to go back to it. Thanks for taking time out. Yes, sir. Good talk to you. All right. You take care. Rob Pincus, uh, you can see him on TV and uh, read his works out there. You can you, know, you can do a little Internet search. You can find Rob on the Recoil Magazine. The, it's P-I-N-C-U-S. Pincus. Rob Pincus. All right. 866-TALK-GUNS. Be right back with more gun talk. Here's the deal. We're ammo to go. Ammo? You need it, we got it. Low prices, you want it, we got it. Selection and fast shipping, yeah, we got that too. Rifle ammo, pistol ammo, tracers, magazines, targets, ammo cans, come on. Sure, we got all that. Primers, pepper spray, knives. Hey, I'm just getting started. You need it, we got it. Ammo2go.com. Ammo2go.com. Great Trigger can make you a better shooter. For over 60 years, Timney Triggers have been trusted by hunters and shooters everywhere. Timney Triggers are proudly made in the USA and come with a lifetime warranty. Installation is easy. Give yourself the Timney Trigger advantage. To see more and order online, go to TimneyTriggers.com. That's T-I-M-N-E-Y Triggers.com. Visit the best of the outdoors every night from your living room on the Pursuit Channel. From whitetails to turkeys, bass to blue marlin, the most exciting action found anywhere happens right here. Catch mossy oaks inside the obsession, scent blocker, and the Drury's Natural Born. 
Bloodline with Alex Rutledge and more. Channel 240 on Dish, Channel 608 on DirecTV. It's on every subscriber's basic package. To bring Pursuit to your cable network, visit PursuitChannel.com. Pursuit, it's a way of life. Small, powerful, the Springfield Armory XDS is everything you need for concealed carry. Only 21 and a half ounces and only one inch thick makes it easy to carry all day. The 45 ACP caliber is surprisingly easy to shoot and gives you the power you need. The Springfield Armory XDS, noticeably unnoticeable. For more, go to XDSPistol.com. That's XDSPistol.com. All right, back with you, 866-TALK-GUNS. Line one, Gary's with us out of Mountain Home, Arkansas. Hey, Gary. Hey, Tom. <clears throat> Proud to speak with you. Now, what's Tom? this about a 22 mag you got? Yeah, um, here's the deal. Uh, so, quite a few years ago, my brother passed away, and I wound up with a it's a rather cheap pistol, Heritage, single six, uh, mm-hmm. but with, without the 22 Magnum cylinder. And mm. what I... I'm wanting to do is trade it on a, a Ruger, which I when I used to own a, a single six. Mm-hmm. Am I going to lose a lot of velocity if I go to the five and a half inch barrel versus the uh, what six and a half, almost no. seven inch barrel? No, I mean fifty fifty feet a second, maybe okay. seventy five. Well, I'm, I'm a wheelchair shooter. I, I'm in a wheelchair and have been for lots of years, okay. so I kind of uh, the shorter barrel actually would be a lot easier. On me, because I wear kind of a cross draw well, holster. Let, let me tell you, and I, it may not work for what you're doing right now. I'm but, just planking and shooting and armadillos. Okay. And, you know, let me you tell know. you. Let me tell you about a gun that was just announced like three days ago. Oh, uh, okay, Ru- great. Ruger's Ruger's got a new one. Uh, you and I remember the single six, the one with the two different right. cylinders. <laughs> they just introduced the single nine. It is the same thing. But now it does not come with the uh, 22 uh, long rifle cylinder. It's a 22 Magnum, but it's a nine shot revolver. Whoa! Yeah! Okay. Oh, hello! Oh, now it has. Yeah. I'm looking at the specs on it. Let's see what's the barrel length. Six, six, six and a half. On your show, I think earlier. Six. Yeah, six and a half inch barrel. Uh, same things. It's a single action with uh, good adjustable sights. It's actually got a fiber right. optic front sight. But it's a nine shot. Wow, I like that. Yeah, man, me too. More is better. More is better. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll uh, uh, I'll have to check into that. Uh, one other qu- real quick question. I know you've got lots of callers lined up. <clears throat> it's about uh, keeping clips fully loaded. I've got an, mm-hmm. an old uh, Browning nine uh, high power from World War II. Actually, I think it's got the mm. ring on it. I believe Singer made it, but. Uh, I was just wondering about leaving the clip fully loaded all the time. Yeah, a lot of people ask about that. Uh, new magazines, the springs don't really take a set. On older ones, I don't know. Okay. But you, you can replace the springs in those. So oh, okay. remember that that's a possibility also. Just and a good punch shop. And, uh, yeah, uh, I tell you, uh, go to Brownells uh, website, brownells.com, oh, and okay, they have okay, like okay, a right gazillions now. of mag springs and things like that. So. Oh, great, great. Uh, all right. Gary, well, thank you for your man, call. I really I'll take a look you. at that. All right, yes, you take a look at that new uh, Ruger called the Single Nine. I think they just announced that on, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday of this week. Uh, pretty good-looking gun. Phil is in Omaha on line two. Hello, Phil, how doing? 
Hi, um, Tom. Uh, thanks for a great show, and my compliments yeah. to your call screener. I, I know. Uh, Isn't she great? She is. My uh, question today is I, I bought a new um, Springfield um, M1A, mm-hmm. and I once heard you talk with a gentleman about uh, proper break-in of right. the barrel. And before I fire around, I wanted to get your expertise. Okay, the the Springfield M1A rifle is really a nice rifle, and it requires about 1,500 rounds to break it in properly. If you will send that rifle to me, I will send it back to you as soon as it's broken in properly. I didn't hear you, Tom. I can't understand. <laughs> oh, you got me on that one. Okay. All right, this is going to be real easy. Uh, I would... It's, here's what's happening. When you break in a new rifle barrel, and for a lot of rifles, it's not particularly necessary. But if you've got one that has a really accurate barrel, it might be helpful, particularly if you go to real, you know, like precision target rifles. Uh, it's a real simple process. You essentially shoot the gun once and clean the barrel. You know, just clean it with a bore brush and a good rod. Uh, then shoot it again, clean the barrel. Do that ten times, ten rounds. I know people, there are all kinds of things people say, well, you shoot it, you know, that, and then you do every second round, then every fifth round, and I mean, you're still out there for three days trying to break in the gun. Honestly, my personal view on this, and others, you know, are going to have a different take on it. I think if you do that for 10 rounds, the, the barrel is broken in, just have fun, shoot it after that point. Okay. Uh, I did buy the uh, uh, Otis, uh, the boar snake, yep. um, to clean it with. Is that okay? It is okay. I really do like cleaning rods, solid cleaning rods. Boar snake, um, it's, you know what happens is you put it down and you pull it through, but with a cleaning rod, you can go back and forth and you can really do some extensive cleaning. I think when you've got a rifle as good as the one you have, uh, I, I think you really ought to invest in a one piece, and I emphasize one piece, not a screw apart takedown. Uh, cleaning rod, one-piece cleaning rod would be what I would like. And, of course, with the M1A, you also have to clean it from the muzzle, so you want to be careful. You get a cleaning rod that has a, uh, uh, it's like a cone, like a little cone or something, and it centers the uh, barrel, muzzle guard, thank you, uh, which uh, centers the rod in the barrel and doesn't damage the crown because the crown at the muzzle is a bit delicate and if you mess that up it can really mess up the accuracy of your gun so but i'm just i don't know i I like having a good cleaning rod i think a boar snake is a great thing to have in the field uh you know when you don't want to take all that other stuff but i think just for everyday cleaning i like uh, one piece cleaning rods well thank you so much tom okay sounds good listen i appreciate the call uh, let's see. Um, let's go to line four. James is with us out of Mesa, Arizona. Hey, James. Hey, how you doing, Tom? I'm Thanks good. For your show. You um, I just wanted. Uh, I've got some old guns, um, mm-hmm. and I wanted your take on uh, restoring them to uh, shooting condition. I've got a, a 32 automatic, uh, 1908. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's a, a Belgian piece, pistolet uh, mm-hmm. automatique and peeper. It uh, has a broken firing pin, and uh, the uh, gunsmiths uh, tell me, well, it'll it'll cost as much to build a firing pin as it does to, uh, to uh, get a new gun. <laughs> well, yeah. you know the answer to this. If you just want to have that particular gun working, 
then you spend the money. Yes. If if the question is, well, for that, I could get a new gun or you know, I mean, how much do they say it's going to be? Co- it's going to cost to do it. Right. Okay. How, how much? Well, I've got some others that uh, well, have been carrying around all these old broken guns for forever, but I guess right. that applies to all of them. It does. Do they give you a price what they thought it would cost to you know get you a new firing pin for that? Uh, no, uh, the gunsmith that looked it over he did not know how to get the firing pin out, uh, and he mm-hmm. said he'd have to tinker with it to find the the how to do it. And he says it may cost up to a hundred dollars uh, machine time and mm. and fiddling thing. Um, it's but, a personal, uh, you, you know, it's a personal choice. Uh, some people would look at that and say, well, I'm not going to put 100 bucks into that old gun. And other people say, that's a cool old gun. If it's 100 bucks, yeah, I'd put that. If, I can't answer that for you. You've got to make the call. And you got to do it on each gun. I wouldn't make an across-the-board decision. I would just say on each one, I would really like to have this gun firing or this one over here. Nah, that's okay. We'll make it a wall hanger. Just going to have to decide on a case-by-case basis. Okay. Well, All I right. do appreciate your information. Absolutely. Thank you, James. I appreciate that. Okay. Uh, real quick, let's get line three. Tom is out of Houghton, Louisiana. Tom, we got one minute, so you got to dive into it. I can't take care of it. I, I won't be done in a minute. Okay. I'll well, I'll tell you what. Appreciate that. Uh, let's see if, uh, Ed, Ed, you got one minute on line one. Go. Uh, I was privileged uh, to guide hunters in several large counties in South Texas. We always insisted that they shoot their weapons before they went hunting. They didn't want to shoot them, we would. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got one weapon that would not cam home. Uh, we took the bolt out and ran a cleaning rod down the muzzle, and out came a broken-off cleaning tip. The man admitted he'd let his son clean his rifle. His son did it, broke the tip off, and didn't tell him. Ooh, if that thing would have cammed home and went off, it would have killed us all. Man lie. Well, once again, uh, checking, and then when they get that little weird feeling going off in the back of your head, thinking something doesn't feel right, doesn't seem right, stop, unload it, take it apart, find out what's going on, uh, you know, get to the root of the issue. It's safety, safety, and safety. Our, our rule is this. It really is simple. If it can't be done safely, we don't do it. And we do a lot of stuff on TV with guns. And we talk it through and we brief it very carefully. But we are absolutely safety conscious. And like I said, if we can't do it safely, we just flat out don't do it. 866-TALK-GUNS. Welcome to Tom Gresham's Gun Talk. The best guns, the best guests, the best talk. All right, we're going to go full open line at this point. If there's something on your mind, a gun you want to tell me about, one that you either recently bought or you've had for a while, you just want to share, tell the world, hey, let me tell you about my gun. This is your chance. We're going to do range reports. If there's a gun you're thinking about buying, well, heck, we'll talk about that, too. And if you're new to guns and you're not quite sure, you think about buying something, yeah, we'll do that. Um, the other thing, I'd lo- I always like to have this open for anybody, especially there are an awful lot of women who are wanting to get their carry permits. They are looking at getting gun for self-defense. If you want to talk about that, we can certainly do that because it's a different set of circumstances. For the most part... The rules, the procedures, and what you do are the same, man and woman, when it comes to self-defense with guns. 
there are some slight differences, and we can discuss that. Our number is 866-825-5486, or just dial one Tom Talk Guns, and that'll get you in here. Uh, line two, Marilyn has called in from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Hello, Marilyn. Oh, hi. How are you? I'm well. Good. What's I have on a your question. mind? I have a question regarding um, the shield gun. I know you've um, mentioned it on your show previously, mm-hmm. so I'm assuming you're somewhat familiar with it. I am. Uh-huh. Um, I finally got one, and uh, we took it out to the range a couple of times now. I guess we've put around, I don't know, under 100, 100 rounds of um, full metal jacket mm-hmm. through it. And I was just at a, a hunter safety uh, class this weekend, and um, we were talking a few students, and one man had mentioned that his friend had an issue with the end of the barrel on his shield, and he said, you might want to check yours. And I thought, okay, I never really, you know, noticed anything. But when I look closely at the end of the barrel, mm-hmm. it's got uh, silver. Uh, it's not like a perfect smooth black end. Mm-hmm. It's got like, it's marked silver, almost like something has, scratched it and it's not it's not lead deposit i mean it's not you know on like thicker or anything like that as if it's been coated with lead or anything of that nature so the barrel itself is black yes okay but you got now as the silver that you're seeing now when you look into the muzzle into the barrel look down the barrel it's silver when you look into the barrel right 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 you can see the um the rifling inside so what i'm wondering is if and I'm not sure exactly where on the muzzle uh, the silver is appearing. Are, do you think it is the coating, the metal coating? Oh, obviously it's stainless steel barrel. Do you think there's a coating coming off of it on, on the exterior of the barrel there? Um, I don't. I don't know. That's that's what I'm curious on. It it looks almost. I was looking with like a magnifying glass, and mm-hmm. uh, it almost looked like there's like a little divot almost in one spot, and a little bump and a divot. Almost, I don't know if that's something that wasn't finished. Um, I'm assuming that that's stainless and it's been coated black. And I went and right. I looked at my M&P 9, my full size, which has mm-hmm. also a black barrel right. uh, for comparison. And that one looks perfectly perfect. I mean, it's still all black. And I've shot that, you know, we've had it for a year or two now. So. Okay. Um, I'm just well, wondering if there's some kind of a known defect with, with these. I mean, I don't know if it's a, you know, a finishing I, issue right. or what. I've not heard of anything, and, and now you make me curious. I'm going to have to pull out my shield and take a look at it. Um, I, I guess, let me ask you this. How does it shoot for you? Uh, shoots better for my husband than me. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I now, know. I thought, well, he always does shoot a little better than me, even though I'm supposed to be better in being female, but... <laughs> It's shooting not. It's it's shooting fairly good. I I tend to be a little low with it, um, but the last time I shot, I got quite a bit in the, right around bullseye. So it's mm-hmm. I'm sure it's probably me. Just not getting the used gun. to the new gun. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you shoot your M and P uh, well? The other one. Yes. Okay. My guess is that because it's lighter, it kicks a little bit more. You may be milking or it's not exactly a flinch but you're just anticipating the recoil just a little bit and pulling down on it just a smidge before you pull the trigger that's very very common i mean i just amazingly common yeah i think so i'm pretty sure it's it's me um it's got a good trigger pull 
with the gun, uh, something I, even when I finally, when I got to the store, I didn't want to give it up because it was so hard to, <laughs> to get one. I do have small hands, and I know a lot of people are recommending the shield for women. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was having a real heck of a time to pull the slide back and lock it, that little lever that you need to yes. have it. Just having the, a heck of it, and they were trying to show me at the store, and I said, you know, I can do it with my full size. It's it's not that I don't know how to do it. It's, it's, it is a little awkward. Well, what, yeah, what you have run into is there's two issues there, and it's a, it's a great point. I, I'm glad you brought it up. When you go to a smaller uh, pistol in the same caliber, you have the pistol design, that's when the slide comes back, it has to take all of the energy from that uh, cartridge, and it has to stop the slide or slow it down before it hits the back. If it's a smaller gun, the spring has to, and the, the slide is lighter, the spring has to be stronger. Right. So as you go to a smaller gun, you actually need a stronger spring. Right. And that's, that's why pulling the slide, that, that's what's going on. And you have a smaller slide stop lever to work with because everything is smaller. So you're exactly right. I mean, and this is, you know, and you've heard me say this before. Big guns are easy to shoot and operate. The smaller a gun gets, the more problematic it becomes, the more challenging it is. And in your case, that's exactly right. You've got a slide that's a little bit harder to pull back, and you've got a smaller slide stop to work with. You put those two together, and it's going to take a little bit of time to work with that to where it feels comfortable to you to make that happen. It's an excellent point. Let me go back to the barrel deal. I don't know what's going on there. I, I yeah. don't. I don't think it's a defect. My, and this is just my take on it, okay? Mm-hmm. If And I'm going to go look at mine now, but I would have to say that if it's shooting well, it doesn't bother me. I wouldn't worry about it if it's just a cosmetic thing. And the only thing that I would, you know, I would just go out and shoot it. If it shoots well, it's fine. It's a carry gun. It's a self-defense gun. If it's, uh, I've got silver where I think there might ought to be black, that wouldn't bother me. But I am going to go look into that, okay? Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm just a little curious, and I. I suppose if um, with sending a gun back, you can't just get another barrel. Do they ever do that, or you have to fully send your entire gun back? No, I mean you I could. Uh, you know, I mean you could contact Smith and say, "This is what I have." I would send them a picture of it. Right. You know, get you a nice type. And actually, it's amazing an iPhone can do that. They can shoot. I don't have pictures. that. <laughs> My phone won't probably won't show it very well because it's very. <laughs> <laughs> well, but yeah, send them a picture and say, look, is this the way it's supposed to be? And if they say, yeah, it's fine, then I would just not worry about it. If they say, oh, no, uh, you can just send a barrel back. Just take a barrel out and send it to them. So uh, that will work. I appreciate that. I'm, now I'm going to go look at my shield. I, I like the shield. I never noticed that. But then again, haven't looked at the muzzle that closely, but I appreciate that. 866-TALK-GUNS. Be right back. In the war on terror, fighting crime in the streets, in competition, and in homes around the world, one name in firearms stands out, Sig Sauer. Our pistols and rifles are renowned for their unfailing performance. The same commitment to excellence can be found in our line of accessories and the training offered by the Sig Sauer Academy. For unmatched quality, reliability, and innovation when it counts, choose Sig Sauer. Visit SigSauer.com today. Professionals who depend on their weapon depend on XS Sights, the leader in American-made gunfighter night sights for personal and home defense. One dot 
one solution. See demonstration videos from top trainers and industry leaders at XSSights.com. Upgrade your carry gun, rifle, and tactical shotgun with XS Sights. Contact XS Sights at 888-744-4880 or visit XSSights.com. If you need a gun, you need XS Sights. The hottest gun show on TV is back. Gun Talk features the newest guns, the best competitions, champion shooters, and inside shooting tips. Long-range shooting, self-defense ammo, hunting hogs with night vision, and the total gun guide for the zombie apocalypse. On Wild TV internationally, Pursuit on Dish Channel 240, on DirecTV Channel 604, and now on NBC Sports Network. 159 on Dish, 603 on Direct. We're Americans. More specifically, South Dakotans. Gun aficionados, ballistics geeks, and inspection ladies who can sense and then find the tiniest of flaws. Because of their nitpickiness, zeal and grit, evident through every part of our production process, we're counted among the finest in the world. We are Black Hills Ammunition. Talking about uh, a call from Maryland, and at least you got a shield. Um, they're making them as fast as they can, but everywhere I go, people are saying, "How can I find a shield?" And uh, you know, it j- just is Michelle, our call screener, who runs uh, Cleveland's Outdoor World, the gun store, says they can't even get them. They're just hot. the demand is incredible on the shield, and those who have them like them. The trigger pull is wonderful on them. And Maryland's point, uh, I have to look into that. I don't know what the deal is there. Maybe just a cosmetic thing. I got to see what's going on. I started to go find mine. I thought, no, I'll start digging around, and then I won't be back, be able to get back on the radio. So <laughs> we can't do that. Uh, let's go to uh, line four. Gary's with us out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Hey, Gary, you're on Gun Talk. Hey, Tom. I listen to your show every week. I really enjoy it. Learned a lot. Great. Uh, what I've got, I've got right now just the Smith & Wesson. It's the 40 VE, and I've had it for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was looking at it the other day, and and I carry it uh, for a job that I have, and the, the rear sights had started to slide over. That's not good. No, no, and it, it, it's not the kind that you could just put back in with your fingers or anything like that. Or So I took it to a gunsmith, a guy... He was telling me, yeah, you could take it to send it back to Smith & Wesson, but up, up for the price of, of shipping and all that, I'd rather just pay the gunsmith right there in a spot. He did. He, he put it back in there for free. Right. But he told me at, at the back of it, uh, the way it's mounted in there is plastic. And, you know, I'm afraid to get, I don't want to get a replacement site for it, have the same problem. But I looked on Brownells and I couldn't find it. So I couldn't find one that I, that would fit that weapon, and I thought, well, I'm just going to look around for something else. And I started looking at Sig Sauer 40s, and uh, I fell in love with the Berettas. Now, which Beretta? <laughs> uh, the the M92. Oh, okay, the Model 92. Yeah, that's that's a standard. It's a big pistol, uh, but that's the one that the military's been using for a long time. Well, and everything that I read on it is the gun is fail safe. And, uh, I mean, it's a little pricey, but, uh, that was that. And then I looked at the, uh, the PX4 40 caliber and right. I liked that one as well. 
Right. Um, but then, I, once again, I like the SIG. I'm kind of afraid that because this this the SIG uh, weapon that I have now, that it's going to have the same problem with the sight that I have in the, uh, on the Smith and Wesson. Because I guess it's a no. The, the, the Smith and Wesson you have is the Sigma. That is their one of their least expensive pistols that they make. Okay. Uh, you should not have a problem with the sight on that. Now, that's not inherent in there in the design. So a little Loctite or something on there should be able to take care of that. But having yeah, said that, you, you're, you're where a lot of us are, where you, you start looking and you go, well, I like the 92, but I, I like the Storm. But then, but then again, I like the Sig and, you know, and I really like this, and I really like the Springfield Armory. And, oh yeah, the, the Ruger, and, and here we all are. It's like, kind of like, you know, one of those big deals where we're all sitting in a circle. Hi, I, I'm, my name's Tom and, you know, I, I'm easy for guns. Hi, Tom. So there you go. It's it's where we are. Uh, well, so have you narrowed it down at all? Pardon me. Have you narrowed it down at all? I, I'm still. I I, I think okay. it's going to be the Beretta, but I also yeah. looked at Bursa. They make a 40 <laughs> caliber. They make a nine yeah. and a 40. Yes. I, yes. <laughs> I don't know the quality of those guns. Uh, they're just a little bit more in my range, and I kind of wanted to get your take on on. All right, I'm, I'm going to give you my talk I, I've given to a lot of people. Okay, here's the thing. Guns last essentially forever. When you buy this gun, you're going to have it a long time. So when, what you want is you want a gun that every time you pick it up, you think, man, I'm glad I bought that, and not, man, I wish I'd bought the one I really wanted, whichever one that is. Now, I, I might even tell you which one it is. But I know people who have said, you know, I can save $100 on this. And I go, yeah, really? Okay. And how long do you expect this gun to last you? 30, 40, 50, 100 years? And every time you pick it up, you're going to be saying, you know, for only 100 bucks more, I could have gotten the one I really wanted. Right. Well, I noticed that there's a website. I don't have the name of it offhand. It's like it's a gun. I've seen it on different on different uh, websites like Smoky Mountain Knives actually advertising it. It's gun something. But anyway, they sell guns over, you know, over the the internet, I guess you can just right. There there are a lot of sites like that, and I kind of wanted to get your take on that as well because I don't want to get I don't want to get ripped off. No no no. You, you, you make sure that it's a quality outfit. Uh, someplace like galleryofguns.com uh, sells guns, and and what they do is they ship them to a dealer near you, and then you go to the dealer and you pay the fee that the dealer charges for transfer, and then all the paperwork is done, so it's perfectly legal. But you're right, and I appreciate you mentioning that. If you're going to do that, make sure you're buying from a reputable outfit. Now, there is also, and I'm going to throw this one out. If you're going to your local gun store and you're looking at all these guns, I'm going to tell you my personal feeling. I think it's wrong to not then buy the gun from them. They spent the money. They stocked the gun in. They've got the inventory. They're covering the note on the place and you're taking advantage of being able to go in and look at all these guns and handle them yeah and they educated you exactly right and then you're going to go buy it from somebody else online I mean really is that, is that the right thing to do I, I don't think so
All right, back with you. 866-TALK-GUNS. we got just a couple of minutes to get everybody in. We're going to try it. Corey is on line one out of Roseburg, Oregon. Hello, Corey. Hi, Tom. Yes, sir. So I'm relatively new to guns, mm-hmm. sort of, and I'm looking at getting an, a battle rifle, and it's like an overwhelming amount of information out there. Okay. So I'm kind of wondering where to start. Who, who are you going to go into battle with? What, who are you going to be battling here? Well, it, it kind of ties into what you were talking about at the start of the show, you know, the purpose of having a weapon. I already mm-hmm. have a concealed and carry pistol, and now I'm looking at something for home defense or uh, constitutional defense. Okay. All right. This this is actually going to be pretty easy. Uh, I take it, are you looking at the uh, uh, an M, like an M4, an AR-15 type platform? I'm a little bit kind of turned off to them after six years in the military. Okay, so what are you looking I was at? Thinking, I think it's something more chambered in 7.62. Okay. And then I've been debating if I want a bullpup or a, a traditional long rifle. Right. Uh, I'm not sure. Is anybody making a 7.62 bullpup? It might be, but I don't know. Um, you've got the Springfield Armory M1A in 7.62. Uh, okay. There are there are also of course AR-15 types in a in 7.62. Uh, several different makers have those. Uh, the ammo, obviously, you know this. The ammo is going to be more expensive. 5.56 or 2.23 ammo is considerably less expensive. A lot more friendly to go out and shoot a bunch of, less recoil. So, my thinking is, and you know, I, I get it. If you're turned off on the form, and you want something, consider this. Five five six and a Ruger Mini fourteen, different platform, same kind of performance levels, uh, but yeah. it doesn't look like what you carried before. It's kind of a fun deal. Still have uh, interchangeable mags, and you can shoot the inexpensive five five six ammo. You said that was on which platform? It's a Ruger Mini fourteen. Hmm. Okay, I haven't heard about that one yet. Oh, yeah, that's a real nice rifle, and you can get it with plastic stock or even with a wooden stock. just kind of depends on what you're But for what you're doing, that might be a decent alternative. I, I would suggest you take a look at that. Listen, now, really quickly, I need to run over to talk to Derek on line two. Uh, Derek, you're on. Got a minute. Go. Uh, I was looking for a sealed uh, holster that you carry on your chest. Uh, that, what, what do you, what do you carry? Like a larger framed rifle. Yes, sir. Are you, what, what are you carrying there? A 40, uh, Smith and Weston XD. Why are you carrying it across your chest? Cause I'm too skinny to carry it on my side. <laughs> to, uh, to conceal it. Oh, to conceal it. Yes, sir. Man. Yes, sir. For concealment. I don't. I don't know if anybody's making a concealed holster that goes in your chest. Oh, you know what you could do? Okay. Uh, how about a belly band? Are you familiar with that? It's uh, a, uh, it's yes, a el- elastic strap goes inside uh, your shirt. It's got pockets you could put uh, a pistol in. Uh, there are various types of belly bands out there uh, and shirts, uh, concealed carry undershirts. One of those might work for the application that you're talking about because you want it uh, inside your shirt. For concealed carry, I'm taking it. So anyway, take a look at that. I hope that helps you, Derek. I'm, it's uh, yeah, it's a little bit different application, but hey, everybody's got a different uh, thing going on out there. If you are carrying a pistol, 
or self-defense, eventually you will end up with a whole bunch of holsters. Every one of us does. Why is that? Because they're all just a little bit uncomfortable. you got to get used to them. That's okay. You adjust to them, and you keep switching, trying to find the perfect one. I wish you luck with it. In the meantime, do yourself a favor. Go talk to a real pro, somebody who teaches this kind of stuff, you know, a, a shooting instructor. Go to one of the great shooting schools, a, a gun site, a, a Thunder Ranch, uh, you know, shoot right with Tiger McKee, one of those. Training is your very best safety tool. Get some.